What's up, everyone from all around the world, including Canada, USA, areas of Long Island, plus the five boroughs of Brooklyn, Bronx, Manhattan, Staten Island, Queens. I'm here to help and guide you about Anchor. Anchor is a free hosting site and phone app, which is owned by Spotify. It's the easiest, awesome way to make a podcast. Why are you wasting your money paying for a hosting site to promote your podcast with limited storages? Forget about it. Let me break it down to you. There's creation tools that allow you to record, edit, monetize, distribute your podcast. Of course, add music intros, outros, uploading episodes with unlimited storages of your podcast right from your phones, computers, laptops, and tablets. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. Plus, you get sponsorship. Isn't that great? It's everything you need to make a podcast, including the listeners supporting your show. Like I always say, if you have a dream of creating and becoming a podcaster host, like myself and individual friends that is co-hosting with me, go download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get a head start. Take advantage of the opportunity that's thrown in your face. If I could do it and reach success, so can you. I'm G Money Stacks. Thank you for listening. Let's go.
Hey, good evening and happy 2023. And I hope everyone out there in repping USA, Canada, international, Long Island, aka Strong Island, plus the five spots of Brooklyn, Bronx, Manhattan, Staten Island, and Queens. Enjoyed your Christmas, your New Year's, and everything else, including this weekend um, that just passed already. Hope y'all have fun. This is your man, G Money Stacks, aka the Greginator, YouTuber, host with the most creator, unstoppable independent podcaster, rookie podcaster of Laurelton, Queens, New York. And you're rocking and hanging with the 109th episode of Meticulous Vibe Juice Podcast, the review show about the, the music artist discography, the, the, the hip hop histories we do here. Actually, I do here. And of course, and of course, we do reviews on TV shows and movies and stuff like that. Live and direct from StreamYard and lost out with YouTube. I lost out of myself is the Instagram live feed. So make sure you turn on your notifications so you don't miss a beat. And speaking of not missing a beat, you want to, um, Go ahead and grab that subscribe button for me on the on the YouTube channel page of Meticulous Vibe Juice Podcast in case you miss any previous any episodes whatsoever. Don't worry. Tap on that noty noty bell so you can be reminded when the show goes in the year via live stream alongside with leaving a like and a comment in full sentences along with the review episode topics. Be sure to listen, stream, share, comment, and of course, download these episodes and of course, watch the episodes, share the videos, and of course, tell a friend to another friend and I will handle the rest at the end of the show. Now, a little reminder, if you if you if you like this show and and other previous um podcast weekly shows that i do on a weekly basis whether it's my sports podcast whether it's um my new york podcast shows and and including this one right here meticulous virtues podcast you can make a charitable donation on my cash app which is which is dollar sign g money stacks 55 now hold on let me see if i got that here yes so you can make a charitable donation on any amount of money you 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 des, you are comfortable with that you desire will be appreciated. So you can go to to this cash app right here to make a charitable donation as more support. You don't need a lot of money to show more support to somebody like myself. Any amount will be appreciated, all right? So that's Cash App, Dollar Sign, G Money Stacks 555, as you see on the YouTube screen right here. And, and of course, don't forget to, don't forget to leave a five-star rating on Podchaser, Podfriend, alongside with, alongside with, um, Spotify and of course a little bit of Apple Podcasts. Now, now let's get into today's episode. Today's episode is titled There's particular stuff 
that makes you smile. And in this episode, we're going to be reviewing, we're going to be reviewing um, two R, two rated R movies and a TV show that's coming back. And of course, we have Sony PlayStation that has a, that has a new console for um, the people that are disabled. And we got a little bit of music. We got a little bit of hip hop history. So, so let's get into some, let's get into some music Kool-Aid and a little bit of hip hop history right here. So let's get into it right about now. All right. Now, this is the segment about um, going over hip hop history as far as, you know, that when the albums came out, movie soundtracks or whatever. But this one is pertaining to Busta Rhymes in the Wuha song that came out years ago. So we're gonna get into it right about now. Let's get let's get it. All right, Busta Rhymes it is. Okay, Busta Rhymes has released his song. Um, I'm pretty sure everybody is familiar with, with the song, Wuha, Got You On Check, which was released 27 years ago, right? All right, so listen to this. On this date in 1996, Busta Rhymes of the Almighty, leaders of the new school crew dropped his first single as a solo artist entitled Wuha Got You All In Check. The front man of the four man squad had been expected to come out dolo since the early days of leaders of the new school, but made a few guest appearances on tracks within the circle of hip hop royalty, but didn't officially go for self until 1995. At the hip, at the top of the following year, Bus a Bus released the first single "Wuha Got You On Check" from his solo debut album "The Coming," marketed and and distributed by Elektra Records. The energetic track borrowed lyrics from the Sugar Hill Gang's impactful "Eighth Wonder" for the hook and added Buster's signature animation for one of the most memorable singles of bus career salute to buster the late chris lighty and the entire violator family for bringing bus to us as a solo artist another person in hip-hop history that we have to talk about today is sugar hill gang how about that okay so so hip hop history, 40 years ago, Sugar Hill Gang's rap rapper's delight becomes hip hop's first top 40 hit. On today's date, 43 years ago, rapper's delight became hip hop hip hop's first top 40 single. Rapper's delight was released by Inglewood, New Jersey's Sugar Hill Gang in August of 1979, as one of hip hop's earliest relics this single written by the cold crush brothers own grandmaster cast is credited with bringing the art 
of rap to a multicultural mainstream audience. In the 70s, disco and soul still reigned supreme in, in the clubs and lounges of the country's urban centers. In its most primitive form, hip hop was still misunderstood and exclusive to New York City and California. Breaking, tagging, rapping, and spinning records were widely recognized as the borderline criminal activities of whatever city's urban youth. The culture's cult following was majority made up of housing project uh, residents, the type to not frequent the discos and bars of their respective downtown centers. Every once in a while, someone would drop a, a single that would break through and get some shine on the club scene, but never make much of a splash nationally. Rapper's Delight was a different story. On September 20th, 1979, new wave bands Blondie, I don't know who the fuck that is. <laughs> I don't know who the fuck that is, man. But anyway, anyway, Blondie and Chick. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, Blondie and Chick playing a concert at New York's renowned Palladium and British punk rock band The Clash, hip-hop's earliest socialite and soon-to-be television host Fat Five. Freddie was on the scene with Sugar Hill gang members Big Bank Hank, Mike Wright, and Master G. Having just released a single featuring Chick's hit single Good Times from their recent international album Risque, it was natural for the gang to hop on stage and start freestyling as soon as Chick dropped the bass line. Sometime later, Chick's Nile Rogers was out at New York's clubs Levitic Leviticus and heard a recorded cut of the very song the Sugar Hill Gang ever so delightfully interrupted his concert weeks earlier. Enraged, Rogers immediately sought legal action and attempted to sue the Sugar Hill Gang for using his band's instrumental in their single. The lawsuit was settled out of court and appropriate credit was given to Chick in their part of the song. With, with the lawsuit and legal attention came a swarm of popularity. Disc, jock, disc jockeys in clubs across the country began to spin this record every night every night of the week. The single game so much play in the United States that clubs across the globe began to push this song like No Tomorrow, although the single may have peaked at number 36 on the Billboard 200. It was number one in Canada and the Netherlands, <laughs> and number two in Belgium, France, Norway, Sweden, um, Switzerland and number three in Germany and the UK. This single song sold platinum in both the United States and Canada with over 500 million copies sold worldwide. Rapper's Delight may be the most important single of hip hop culture. It didn't 
even style. It wasn't the first to gain mainstream success. It wasn't even from New York, but it was the the biggest of its time. What Rapper's Delight did was make it okay to listen to and support rap music out in the open. Before this single, hip-hop was an urban taboo. Well, not anymore. Upon its release, the connotation um, transformed from one synonymous with the ghetto to a new and hip musical genre. In a way, Rapper's Delight gentrified hip-hop in a way that made it profitable. Without it, the culture would not be a powerful, would, would not be a powerful as it is today. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Yo, that's so fucking true right there. <laughs> wow. Wow, 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 wow. Um <laughs> All right. Who else? Who knows who else? Who else? Who else? Um Who else can I talk about in in who else can I talk about in this thing here? Um, give me a sec. Um, yeah. Oh, okay. Um, hmm. Okay, um, so Raekwon had a recent birthday. I guess I could do this one actually too. So, so on this date in 1970, Wu Tang Clan swordsman and lyrical legend Raekwon the Chef was born in Staten Island, New York. The Staten Island-based MC is one of Wu's most celebrated artists, with his only built for Cuban links projects reaching cult-like fo- cult-like following. Um proposition no excuse me proportions excuse me with his wool blood can ray has appeared on every wtc project since the group's inception in 1992 leading up to their monumental debut single protect your neck as for the chef himself ray has released six solo albums plus the wool massacre project featuring his PNC Ghostface Killer and Method Man. Ray has also appeared in a couple of silver screen hits, including the hip hop powered The Show and the race race baiting flick Black and White, starring Wu Tang manager Oliver Power Grant. In 2009, Raekwon found religion and converted to Islam. <gasps> Excuse me. Happy Born Day to Salah Raekwon wishing him a great day and much more hereafter all right let's make some noise for raekwon for for a recent birthday let's do this
All right. Okay. What else? So, what we have for um today's episode, um, we have to talk about um. I'm pretty sure hardly anybody remembers this movie, but we're gonna get into this right now, which is sorry. Um, we're gonna get into this right now, man. The the Chillax Man Cave Popcorn Lounge right here. Let's do this. All right, so, all right, so the the first movie we have, the the first movie we're reviewing today in this episode is it's called It Follows. Um, yeah, It Follows is a 2014 American supernatural supernatural psychological horror film, which is rated R, by the way, written and directed by David Robert Mitchell. It stars um Maka Monroe as a young woman who is pursued by a supernatural entity after a sexual encounter and must have sex with another individual to avoid it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Kier Gilchrist, Daniel Zavato, Jake Weary, Olivia Licardi. <laughs> and Lily Seppi appear in supporting roles. Oh wow! <laughs> oh man! So, so the budget for so the budget for this film, um, yes. Yeah, so the budget for this film is um one point three million dollars actually. It follows debuted at the 2014 Cannes Film Festival and was later purchased by Radius TWC for distribution. After a successful limited release beginning on March 13, 2013, the film had uh, the film had a wide release on March 27, 2015. It received a it received acclaim um, from critics. Praise was directed at the at the film's originality and Monroe's performance. It grossed twenty three point three million dollars worldwide against a one point three million dollar budget. All right, so um, all right, let's get to uh, let's get to the. Uh, I'm not even gonna, let's get to the reception. So the box office, it follows earned $163,453 in its opening, um, its opening, uh, and its opening for a film released in the, in the United States and Canada in 2015. The film made its international debut in the United Kingdom on February 27, 2015, where it earned $573,290 on 190 screens for 
the number eight position. The following week, the film dropped two spots to number 10 with a weekend gross of $346,005 from 240 screens. The film had a domestic gross of one, excuse me, $14.7 million and an international gross of $8.6 million for a worldwide total of $23.3 million. Critical reception, it follows receives critical acclaim on review aggregator website Rotten Tomatoes, it holds a 95% approval rating and a rating average score of 8.10 out of 10 based on 270 reviews. The critical the critical consensus states in quote smart original and above all terrifying it follows is the rare modern horror film that works on multiple levels and leaves a lingering sting Oof. on review aggregator website metacritic the film has an average rating of 83 out of 100 based on 30 seven critics indicating universal acclaim on rotten tomatoes aggregation it was ranked as the, the sixth most praised film of the year peter de bruges of variety gave an overall positive review saying starting off bef strong before losing its way in the end this stylish suspense suspenseful chiller should significantly broaden Mitchell's audience without disappointing his early supporters in the slightest. David Rooney of The Hollywood Reporter said, creepy, suspenseful, and sustained. This skillful, skillfully made lo-fi horror movie plays normally with genre tropes and yet never winks at the audience, giving it a freshening a, excuse me, a refreshing face value earnestness that makes it all the more gripping. Tim Ropey, Tim Ropey of the Daily Telegraph gave the film five out of five stars and said, with its marvelously suggestive title and thought-provoking exploration of sex, this indie chiller is a contemporary horror fan's dream come true. Ignative, ignite, um, ignite, igna, ignite, ignite, excuse me. Um, sorry for butching, but Vish, um, Nevesky of the AV Club said, despite all the fun to unpack ideas swirling around Mitchell's premise. This is first and foremost a showcase for his considerable talents. Um, considerable talents uh, as a widescreen visual stylist, which are most apparent in the movies, deftly choreographed virtual, so 360 pans. My um, 
Mike Pereira of Blood Disgusting described the film as a creepy, mesmerizing ex exercise in a minimalist horror and labeled it as a classical horror masterpiece. Michael Nordane of Vice named It Follows as the best horror film in years. And critic um, Mark, Mark Froenfelder um, called it the best horror film in over a decade. Okay, so we go to analysis. It Follows has sparked numerous interpretations from film critics in regards to the source of it and the film's symbolism. Critics have interpreted the, the film as a parable about HIV and AIDS, other sexually transmitted infections, and the social perceptions thereof, the sexual revolution, primal anxieties about intimacy and post-Great Recession economy anxiety. Mitchell stated, I'm not personally that interested in where it comes from. <laughs> to me, to me, it's just a, to me, it's it's dream logic in the sense that they are in a nightmare. And when you are in a nightmare, there's no solving a nightmare. <laughs> <You think? laughs> wow. Even if you try to solve it. Mitchell said that while Jamie opens herself up to danger through sex, the one way in which she can free herself from that danger, we're all here for a limited amount of time and we can't escape our mortality. But love and sex are two ways in which we can at least temporarily push death away. Oh, wow. Wow. So a possible sequel to It Follows. So following the film's success, Radius TWC co-president Tom Quinn announced that the studio was looking into a possible sequel. Quinn has expressed the idea of flipping the concept of the first film around with Jay or another protagonist going down the chain to find the, the origin of It. Well, if there was a sequel to It Follows, what would the story where would the storyline go that's the question <laughs> that's the thing man that's the thing um <laughs> so no word on when filming of the possible sequel is going to happen if i see any information i'll i'll bring it here to this podcast right here our next movie is malignant another rated r movie um Yes, another rated R movie that I didn't forget to review. So here it is. So Malignant, the rated R movie, is a 2021 American horror film directed by James Wan from a screenplay by Akela Cooper. Akela Cooper, excuse me. Based on a story by Wan, Ingrid Baisu and Cooper. The film stars Annabelle Wallace as a woman who begins to have visions of people being murdered only to realize the events are happening in real life. Maddie Hat Hatson 
George Young, Machole, Brianna White, and Jacqueline McKenzie also star. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay. So Malignant was the theatrically released in the United States on September 10th, 2021 by Warner Brothers Pictures and was available to stream on HBO Max. The film grossed $34 million against a budget of $40 million and received mostly positive reviews from critics. Hmm. Um... Now the release. So, Malignant was theatrically released in a few international markets on September first, twenty twenty one, and then in the United States on September tenth. Dis distributed by Warner Brothers Pictures under the New Line Cinema banner, it was originally scheduled for release on August fourteenth, twenty twenty one, but due to the COVID nineteen pandemic, the film was removed from the release schedule in March 2020 as part of its plan for their 2021 films. Warner Brothers streamed Malignant simultaneously on HBO Max for one month, after which the film was removed until the normal home media release, release schedule period. The film is also released at the video on demand through digital streaming on October 22nd, 2021, and on Blu-ray and DVD on November 20 November 30th, 2021. It was released on 4K on May 24th, 2022. Okay, we go to the reception. According to Samba TV, the, the film was streamed by 753,000 U.S. households in its first weekend by the end of its month the film had been watched in over 1.6 million u.s households malignant um grossed 13.5 million dollars in the united states and canada and 21.5 million dollars in other territories for a worldwide total of 35 million dollars In the United States and Canada, Malignant was projected to gross between five to nine million dollars from three thousand five hundred theaters in its opening weekend. It made two million dollars on its first day and went on to debut to five point six million dollars, finishing third at the box office, which is not bad. It dropped fifty one percent to two point seven million dollars in his second weekend finishing fifth all right critical response on review aggregator rotten tomatoes the film has an approval rating of 76 percent based on 170 reviews with an average rating of 6.3 out of 10. the website's critics consensus reads although malignant isn't particularly scary director james wants um Return to Horror contains plenty of gory thrills and a memorably bonkers twist. On Metacritic, the film has a weighted average score of 51 out of 100 based on 23 critics, indicating mixed or average reviews. Audiences polled by cinema score gave the film an average grade 
of C on an A plus to F scale, while Post Track reported 59% of audience members gave it a positive score, with 38% saying they would definitely recommend it. Andrew Barker of Variety wrote, it's hard to say whether a film this bonkers works or not, but it's it's impossible not to admire both the craft and the extravagant bad taste behind its go for broke energy. Megan Navarro of Bloody Disgusting rated the film 3.5 out of 5 and said it's silly, it's outrageous, and it's a blast. Josh Milliken of Dread Central, not Dead Central, but Dread Central, <laughs> gave the film four out of five star, four out of five, called it the best horror movie of the year. Michael Gingold of Rue Morgue described the film as having WTF energy, <laughs> but criticized the impossibility of the plot scene. Too often it's hard to know whether Juan and Co are kidding or not. AA Dowd of the AV Club gave the film a grade of B, describing it as a zany psychodramatic creep fest that here and there veers into gory action, um, hilarity, as though Pazuzu had taken over the body of a Batman movie. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Hold on. <laughs> a bloody movie. Um, Charles um, Bromesco of The Guardian gave the film a score of three out of five stars, writing, in quote, around the midday, midway point, the script shifts gears into an agreeable register of B-movie lunacy, but it takes too much of the near, nearly two-hour runtime to get there. Oh, okay. Hold on a second. Um. All right. Shout out to Matthew Lawrence, uh, one of the YouTubers that I admire for um for doing some um some 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 bus fanning on youtube um i haven't been watching it in a minute but i will try to see if i can get back to it in a, in, a, in a couple minutes when i get a chance um anyway frank sheck of the hollywood reporter was more critical writing um in quote the film might not the film had excuse me the film might have been outrageously bizarre fun if it displayed any humor or ironic self-consciousness but everything is played so straight that viewers will find themselves laughing not with the film but at it lindsay 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 barr of the associated press gave the film a score of one out of four stars describing it as simply ridiculous and writing if you must see malignant a theater might honestly be the best bet. That way, at least you can laugh along and other shock with your fellow theater goers. Simon Abrams of RogerEbert.com also gave the film one out of four stars, describing it as a horror movie that is 
as long as it is underwhelming. Hmm. Some critics suggested the film was intended as as parody or self-parody. Ian Lynn of Study Breaks wrote, Malignant seems to take these tropes of Juan's earlier works to such extreme lengths. It becomes difficult to see them as anything other than other than other than other hold on hold on hold on hold on hold on yeah other than deliberate self-parody um give me one second Okay, um, let me see, where was I? Where was I? Oh, yeah. Her pie, um, Jurgely of the Geek wrote, seem malignant, one almost wonders if, on the contrary, this Joker is not knowingly laughing in the face of these new and new audiovisual actors. Indeed, everything in the film runs with parody. Um, from the detective duo reminiscent of Danny Pino and Tracy Toms in Cold Case to the script's development, which resembles an entirely freewheeling saw. Particular camera angles also give the impression of being too much like this unbridled, unbridled excuse me, shot above the creepy haunted house it's hard to imagine that a brain capable of conceiving a horror film as deaf as insidious could produce such grotesque images without an ulterior motive now let me break down what parody is is about though for those of you that's listening right now um all right Okay, so let's see. What is parody? Okay, so all right, so parody um is basically an imitation of the style of a particular writer, artist, or genre with deliberate exaggeration for comic effect. The the movie is a parody of the horror genre. So basically that's basically what that is and and a prime example of a movie that does parodies is deadpool which i watched the first one and i watched the sequel to it already now the third one um i do believe it's going to be coming out sometime in 2024 because they're still writing the script they're trying to take that time so um there won't be any mishaps mm -hmm. whatsoever so I don't mind them taking the time. So, you know what I mean? So it is what it is. <laughs> it is what it is though. You know what I'm saying? Um, 
it is what it is. So there you have it right there, man. All right, there you have it right there. Um, that is what um parody is about. All right. So I haven't gone to this, I have not done this segment for a very long time, actually. Um and this is going to be um this is gonna be a segment called hold on a minute if I can find it. Yes, so this is going to be TV show checkouts, and this is pertaining to um a TV show that's coming back on Monday coming up. So so I'll tell y'all what, what it is in in TV show checkouts right here. All right. I'm pretty sure everybody's favorite TV show, of course, is All American, right? And of course, this the the, the spin-off right here. The spin-off right here is All American. Um, what is it? Hold on a second. Yeah, this actually I just reviewed it. Hold on a second here. Um yeah, so this is going to be a reminder of two TV shows that's coming back on Monday. So, all right, so I know I did um, All-American already. So for those of you who probably didn't hear, um, I didn't do this spinoff yet. So let me just get to the spinoff. I'm, I'm sorry. Hold on. All right, so let's get to the spinoff right here. Um, all right, hang on a minute, hang on, hang on, hang on. All right, so here it is. So, All American Homecoming is another TV show that's my favorite, as well as All American, of course. It's an American sports drama television series created by, um, by, um, by, um, <sighs> let me just. Let me just say the la the person's last name, Miss Carol, by the way, that premiered on the CW on February 21st, 2022. Um, forgive me if I couldn't pronounce your name. I do apologize. Um, it is a spinoff of All American, which I already reviewed already. In May 2022, the series was renewed for a second season, which premiered on October 10th, 2022. And obviously, uh, for those of you who may not know who the cast are, is Jeffrey Meyer, Peyton, Alex Smith, Kelly, Jenrette, Corey Hardrick, one of my favorite actors, who was in a previous movie, American Sniper, Sylvester Powell, Camille Hyde, um, Mitchell Edwards, Netta Walker, and of course, uh, Rayoli Ivy King. All right, so there you go, right there. Um, let's see. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Now let's go to the reception. I'm not gonna go into the ratings. Well, actually, a little quick reminder. A little quick reminder, actually, though, man. I want y'all to mark your calendars, all right? 
January 23rd, All-American and All-American Homecoming is going to be coming back. In case anybody's wondering who keep asking about the new episodes, it's January 23rd. All right. Mark your calendars in the time. All right. So, so All-American, 8 p.m., All-American Homecoming, 9 p.m. All right. If you miss any of the episodes whatsoever, you can go ahead and download the CW app onto your iPhones, your Android phones, your iPads, your Android phones, and your laptops right there. So you don't miss a beat. So catch up on the episodes in case you miss any of them whatsoever. So the new so you can be ready for the new episodes. All right. So there you have it right there. Just a little quick reminder right there. Now we're gonna go to another segment right here. Um, and this is pertain and this is the video game chamber segment, and this is pertaining to Sony. We gotta get into Sony right here, man. Sony is a genius for creating a console for the disabled. So so here is the video game chamber segment right here. Okay, here's an article from uh, Wired.com, and this is pertaining to Sony. So Sony releases its first accessible controller. The company unveiled Project Leonardo, a fully customizable accessible console game controller built with the help of the disabled community. Here is a breakdown. Despite game studios investing in accessibility teams and designs practices for their games, Microsoft's Xbox Adaptive Controller has been the only first partly accessible game controller available until now. That is with Sony's announcement of Project, Project Leonardo for the PlayStation, a split design controller designed with accessibility and customization in mind. Software accessibility has advanced tremendously in recent years. 2022's God of War Ragnarok, for example, includes dozens of features that cater to an array of disabilities. Indie Darling Tunic offers a no-fail mode that removes the challenges of combat so players can focus on exploration and the story. While many PlayStation games offer extensive accessibility features, the company's accessible hardware options have been noticeably lacking, meaning that some 
physical physically disabled players couldn't experience those award-winning worlds or their award-winning features which makes project leonardo sony's code name for the device even more important wired spoke with playstation president president and ceo jim ryan to discuss the importance of accessibility and how project leonardo aims to reinforce the company's commitment to disabled players here comes leonardo so for those of you who may not know what um project leonardo is about um project leonardo is a first partly no, the first party sony game controller that affords physically disabled players the opportunity to customize the shapes and sizes of stick caps and buttons and even the overall positioning of each stick on the controller aside from traditional controller layouts the new accessibility device is presented as a split design meaning players use significantly less energy to move between inputs since standard controllers impose forced layouts many disabled individuals with limited reach are unable to properly grip or hold a controller without losing access to key buttons couple that with a device's um weight and the accessibility options and features in a game ultimately don't matter if players cannot use the hardware our focus has always been about breaking down barriers to gaming and enabling as many people to enjoy games as possible ryan says we're always listening to our community and we know many players have been asking us for a controller that can help reduce physical barriers to play project leonardo is a product we've been developing for years with the goal of making something that is truly truly unique and caters to a wide range of players with different physical needs it's really a tool a toolbox for you to customize your play experience how you want I can't wait to see how the community unlocks its full potential and to see even more players experience our games. According to Sony Interactive Entertainment designer, um, So Morimoto, the split shape was crucial when creating the controller. End quote. Our team tested over a dozen designs with accessibility experts looking for approaches that would help address key challenges to effective controller use morimoto says we finally settled on a split controller design that allows near freeform left right thumbstick repositioning can be used without needing to be held and features very flexible button and stick cap swapping because players can customize it according to their needs, there is no right form factor. We want to empower them to create their own configurations. Okay. Building a controller designed for disabled players meant Sony needed 
the expertise of those players throughout the device's development. Organizations including special effect, stacked up, able gamers, and numerous play testers and consultants all helped all help to ensure that Project Leonardo would work for its intended audience. Collaborating with accessibility leaders and, and community groups is nothing new for Sony, with many of its partner studios bringing people with, lot, with lived experience in-house to create and fine-tune many of the options and features that have won awards. Ryan acknowledges that developing hardware with disabled testers was the best logical step here. In quote, gaming accessibility has been an important focus for PlayStation Studios teams for years, he says. Our teams are passionate about this and have built accessibility features into games but because it's the right thing to do. And now I'm thrilled we are developing hardware to expand the possibilities and access for gamers. The Last of Us Part Two, as an example, really raised the bar. With more than 60 accessibility settings, and there are many other examples of innovative accessibility features. Through all aspects of the design phase, disabled users were the ones guiding PlayStation from concepts to physically using varying prototypes and assisting engineers with ensuring that the third party devices would be compatible. Disabled individuals were at the forefront of creating the controller and unlike a single game, among an expansive library, a device that allows physically disabled people to cross to to access, excuse me, to access entire console generations of games should rely on knowledge that only those within the disability and accessibility communities can provide. Our aim for Project Leonardo is that it enables many more players to enjoy the remarkable games that PlayStation Studios and our development community are creating for PS5. Ryan says, millions of gamers play games to escape, escape into a fun experience, build new friendships, or hang out together. The opportunity to make gaming accessible to more players is something all of us at SIE are incredibly passionate about. The collaboration between disabled individuals and PlayStation is also indicative of the industry's commitment to furthering accessibility. Project Leonardo shares similarities with Microsoft Xbox adaptive controller. On Xbox and Windows systems, players can activate a feature called a Copilot allowing them to connect two controllers that act as a single device. For physically disabled players who struggle to reach certain inputs or even press specific buttons, the opportunity um, to choose is crucial. 
In a press release, Sony Interactive Entertainment spokesperson explained the mechanics behind PlayStation's version of Copilot. Project Leonardo can be used as a standalone controller or paired with additional Project Leonardo or DualSense wireless controllers up to Project Leonardo controllers and one DualSense wireless controller can be used together as a single visual controller, allowing players to mix and match devices to fit their particular gameplay needs or to play collaboratively with others. For example, players can augment their DualSense controller with a Project Leonardo controller or use two Project Leonardo controllers on their own. A friend or family member can also assist by helping to control the player's game, the player's game character with a DualSense controller or a second Project Leonardo controller. The controllers can be dynamically dynamically turned on or off and used in any combination. Aside from the ability to use more than one of the new controllers, the new device can also be paired with external third-party buttons and switches to enhance its overall accessibility sony didn't say whether project leonardo will be comparable compatible with the logitech adaptive kit or what pc inter operability there will be or even project leonardo will be the device's final name when it goes to market But more alternatives mean that physically disabled players won't be restricted in their setups. And as Jim Ryan notes, that's the goal. With more games and now consoles open to all gamers, including disabled individuals, players can explore and experience the same pop culture, defining moments that games continue to create. Project Leonardo is just one tool in an ever-growing arsenal of accessibility. But for physical disabled people who are unable to use a PS5, this controller will bridge the gap. Our mission is to use technology and innovation to make gaming more accessible for everyone, Ryan says. We're working towards a future where players of all abilities can share in the joy of gaming, whether through in-game accessibility settings, platform UI features, or new products like Project Leonardo, our PlayStation Studios, and product development teams are deeply passionate about making that a reality our hope is that the gaming industry will become even more inclusive and we're grateful to play a part in this journey yes all right so let's get to um 
Hang on a minute here. What is this? Now, I don't know exactly. Wait a minute. Wait a minute here. Wait a minute here. Um, what the hell? Wait a minute here. Wait. Um. Okay. Um. All right. I'm gonna. I'll do that. I'll do the CES 2022 thing probably next time. I'll do that next time. Um, all right. Um, now I'm going to go over some games that actually is, that's actually going to be, that's upcoming and the ones that's, that's already, um, coming out. So let me just find that website where I usually, um, find it. Okay, here we are. Okay, so all right, so we are in the month of January, right? So okay, so let's get into it. So all right, so if you're wondering what games are coming up in in 2023, which is um, which is here, we've put them all in one convenient location. This list will be continually updated to act as a living, breathing schedule as new dates are announced, titles are delayed, and big reviews happen. This should help you plan out your next year of gaming and beyond. As the gaming calendar is constantly changing, we highly recommend you bookmark this page, um, which is the Game Enforcer website. Um, Yeah, I could check that out. Um, You'll you'll likely find yourself coming back to this to find out the most recent release schedule for the most anticipated games across PC consoles, VR, which is virtual reality, and mobile devices if you notice that we've missed something feel free to let us know please note that games will not get assigned to a month until they have confirmed release dates okay so so starting with the most starting with um january 3rd of course already came out which is toy soldiers uh hd for nintendo switch and January 6th, we are the caretakers for Xbox Series, Xbox One, and PC. Children of Silent Town um, already came out. January 11th, PlayStation 5, Xbox Series, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Nintendo Switch, and PC. Also, another game that came out is Cart Rider Drift. Um, PC, 
iOS and Android already came out January 11th. Lone Ruin, Lone Ruin, Nintendo Switch, PC already came out January the 12th. Also, um, a game that came out already is Venge, Vengeful Guardian Moonrider. PlayStation 5, PlayStation 4, um, Nintendo Switch, PC already came out. Um, Dragon Ball Z Kakarot, One Piece Odyssey already came out. Um, I will go over Vengeful Guardian Moonrider since it's already out. Okay. Okay. Um, I'll be back. Give me one second.
<sighs> Sorry about that, folks. I have to use the bathroom. But anyway, let's get to this game right here that's out right now. So retro platformers are not hard to come by. I count on my I count on myself among the group of video game players who welcome efforts from small development teams that play to our nostalgia for an era where playing video games meant tuning to actually turning to channel three. Um, some are fantastic, some are too hard to be enjoyable, but enjoyable, but most land somewhere in the middle. Vengeful Guardian Moonrider won't go down in history as one of the greats and one of the greats that both embraces the past and modernizes the action, but I would place it closer to the fantastic side of the scale, even if it doesn't quite make it all the way. In Vengeful Guardian Moonrider, you are the titular Moonrider. You break out, you break out of your container and destroy the guards in a violent display that would would have made you grateful your parents weren't watching had you been playing. It, playing it on your Genesis in 1992. The story is sparse but enjoyable. For most of the experience, I wondered if I was the bad guy and enjoyed Moonrider's um, silo, silo keys about how an unrestricted power isn't appropriate for anyone no matter how noble their intentions i also appreciate the little bits of personality injected into every boss before beginning the fight the story is secondary however to the platforming and sword action moonrider moves well bounces off walls like samus iran and sprints to leap over large chasms. He feels great to move, but some annoying shortcomings appear where you can't see your next platform due to the camera limitations. To zoom out would make it feel too much like a modern game, but I don't know if it was worth the Genesis error accuracy to be occasionally annoyed along along with the jumping and sword action which accounts for most of the game there are a handful of motorcycle levels these levels tow a difficult line of looking like they have they could have they could have excuse me existed on a 16-bit console but I am almost certain they couldn't. Most importantly, however, I enjoyed them as much as the standard platforming. Difficulty is often a shortcoming for comparable games with many emphasizing challenge, challenge over fun. Thankfully, Vengeful Guardian Moonrider finds a good balance. Levels are hard, but achievable thanks to reasonable lives and checkpoints and bosses 
have patterns that can be tracked and exploited, but probably not your, your first attempt. Taking inspirations from Mega Man and clearing and after clearing the first level, the other six can be pursued in any order and defeating its boss rewards you with a new weapon. The mechanic is a familiar one, but it works. And it's exciting to try out new, try out your new tornado, tornado weapon. Or my favorite, a tentacle that injects you from a portal. Hitting upgrades like a double jump or the ability to become stronger the more enemies you defeat can also be found in every level and can optionally be equipped i enjoyed these as rewards for exploring off the main path but some are undeniably more useful than others i found too early on that i never unequipped one of the best things going for vengeful guardian moonrider is its length making your way to the last level and defeating the final boss only takes a few hours in this way it knows exactly what it is a brief but enjoyable nostalgic experience that doesn't overstay its welcome by the time you start feeling like you've completed completed a full retro meal Credits are right around the corner, and I appreciate it for that. Moonrider's adventure likely won't linger with you, but I don't regret playing the short, familiar, and satisfying experience. All right. Um, and uh, let's see. Anything else is coming? Oh, yes. So, yes, yes, yes. So, um so also coming out on the 17th um which is actually actually um gigantosaurus dino carts for playstation 5 xbox series playstation 4 xbox one nintendo switch and pc comes out january 17th a space for the unbound for playstation 5 xbox series playstation 4 xbox one nintendo switch and pc comes out january the 19th market calendars for these games is coming out um colossal cave for playstation 5 xbox series nintendo switch and pc also comes out on the 19th and persona for golden also comes out on the 19th as well so yeah for xbox series playstation 4 xbox one and nintendo switch all right all right let me see how much time we got here hold on okay all right um <laughs> okay uh I think we can wrap up here, though, man. Um, also coming out on the 19th is Shin 
Megami Tensai Persona 3 Portable, which is for Xbox Series, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Nintendo Switch, and PC. It's also coming out on the 19th. Um, yeah, Fire Emblem in, Engaged. Um, Nintendo Switch, January 20th. Monster Hunter Rise. PlayStation 5, Xbox Series. PlayStation 4, Xbox One. January the 20th. Also coming out on the 20th is Pocket Pocket Card Jockey Ride On for iOS. January 20th. Um Forspoken PlayStation 5 and PC comes out January the 24th. Risen PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and Nintendo Switch also comes out on the 24th as well. All right, so there you have it right there, folks. Um, <laughs> that's gonna do it, man. And we're gonna go. To, we're gonna go into a very last segment, um, involving stream choices on the go, man. Here we go. All right, folks, you like what you heard in today's episode or any previous episodes whatsoever, um, please show your love by following Meticulous Vibe Juice Podcast on Instagram alongside with my sports show, which is Excellent Fun Vibrant Talks Podcast. In case anybody's wondering what TLKS stands for, it stands for talks, all right? And you can also follow my other show, Off the Meat Rack Chains New York Podcast. That's also on Instagram as well as myself on the on the primary handle, which is G Money Stacks 555 in Queens, New York. Turn your notifications so you can so you can know when I'm going to be on Instagram live every week for podcast episode recordings. All right. So there you have it right there. And um and and you can go to the link in bio where it says Linktree slash meticulous vibe juice podcast, and you're gonna um you're gonna see a whole list of audio streaming platforms, and one in particular is where you can leave a voice message on anchor.fm slash meticulous vibe juice pod slash message. So you can leave your voice message on how you feel. On, how, on your thoughts on the review topics that was discussed today or any previous episodes that you just listened to. And if you have any ideas on who, on who um, the music artist, what is a rapper, singer that I should actually review or whatever. And um, TV shows, movies, games, you want me to want me to review as far as like you know when um the release schedules and stuff i'm gonna keep track of that right there um <clears throat> and um so yeah starting with anchor uh we are on audible audacity amazon music breaker castbox fm deezer listen notes moon fm podcast player fm pocket cast pod friend Pado Polo, Podorama, Podcast Index, Podcast Addict, Podchaser, 
Podverse, Reason FM, Spotify, Stitcher, Tuning Radio, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, iHeartRadio, the number one app for music, radio, and podcast. And you don't need a debit card to actually um, download iHeartRadio or any of the apps that I just mentioned just now. You can also follow this show right here, Meticulous Vibes Podcast. That's also on iHeartRadio along with um, Excellent Fun Vibrant Talks Podcast, the Sports Edition show. And um, Off the Meat Rack Chains New York Podcast is also on there as well. And, and yes, finally, make sure you grab that subscribe button for me on the Meticulous Vibe Juice Podcast YouTube channel page. Click on the Noni Noni bell so you'll be reminded when the show goes in the air via live stream, along with leaving a like and a comment, along with the review um, episode topics. Share the episodes, share the videos. Be sure to stay tuned for more video content, upcoming episodes, previous episodes, and of course, and of course, be sure to listen, stream, watch the episodes, download these episodes, and of course, tell a friend to another friend, spread the word, word of mouth is important, and of course, be sure to share the link that says Linktree slash Meticulous Vibe Juice Podcast, along with the audio streaming platforms. And, and of course, YouTube is included. And the podcast to share with your husbands, your wives, your boyfriends, your girlfriends, your friends, the people you cool with. And, of course, and of course um, wherever you meet new people, whether it's at parties, whether it's at... Um, uh, festivals, wherever it is, though, man. You know what I mean? Just spread the word to everybody. All right, so that's going to do it for me, man. Um, I'm I'm your man, G Money Stacks. Thank you very much for listening to episode 109. And, and of course, a.k.a. the Greginator, of course. I, I didn't forget aka the greginator of course um also a fellow um Laurelton, queens new yorker and remember the grind doesn't stop hard work pays off if you want something you have to work hard and you have to earn it new york wasn't built in a day and you also want to look and find something that makes you smile and and that gets you on your P's and Q's mentally, physically, spiritually, creatively that gets you into your zone alongside with tunnel vision. All right, I'm out of here, man. Thank you very much. Peace and one love. I'll see y'all next time, man. Tune in next time where I review the movie Uncharted and alongside with the games as well. So stay tuned for that one right there. So I'm out of here. Peace and one love. And of course, enjoy the rest of your enjoy the rest of your day and have yourselves have yourselves a good night.
check this out folks if you like what you heard i need your help on a couple of things i need you to go follow the show's page on instagram meticulous vibe juice podcast alongside with off the meat rat chains new york podcast and you can follow me also on my primary handle on the gram which is G Money Stacks 555 in Queens, New York, for more postings of each episode with the topics. Also, go to YouTube and grab the subscribe button. Enable alerts of the notification bell so you can be reminded of when the show goes on the air live via live stream. More video content. Like, comment on the episodes with the topics, upcoming episodes, previous episodes, that will automatically be posted to the YouTube channel page. Share the videos, spread the word, be sure to download your favorite episodes, tell a friend to tell another friend, share the podcast with audio streaming platforms with your friends, and also tell us what you think about the episodes and the topics and and what you thought about the um, topics as well, and what topics you think we should talk about next to review. Um, I'm G Money Stacks. Thank you for listening to the show. Peace and one love.